Welcome to the Plant Rich Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? I'm coming to you this week with a challenge. I really want to invite you from the bottom of my heart to open yourself this week to a deeper level of communication with the sentience of the natural world. Last week, we talked about developing shamanic consciousness and this idea of sort of traveling to other parts of ourselves that lived in the future or the past. This week, I want to invite you to deepen your shamanic consciousness in relationship to beings that are more than human. Trees, plants, stones, waterways, the winds. And to believe deeply that all of these beings are fully sentient have their own will and purpose and that they see you, know you, recognize you and lean toward you in a way that is not the human way of doing things. And that in order for us to communicate with these more than human kin, we have to suspend our human thinking and open ourselves to communicate from the heart space or from another field of knowing, another way of knowing. So I'm going to share an experience I had this week of communication with a more than human sentient being as an example of what this kind of experience can be like. I was out working uh, in the gardens and I noticed that every time I looked up, there was a blue jay within a few feet of me. Sorry if you can hear Mia's noises in the background. She's our 10-year-old pit bull chihuahua mix and likes to be near me while I'm recording. So I noticed this blue jay every time I looked up within a few feet of me. And it took a few encounters for me to realize it was the same blue jay each time. That she was a female who'd lost her luster probably because she had a nest she was tending and she was near to me within just a few feet and so once I became aware that it was the same blue jay I stopped and acknowledged her what are you trying to tell me what are you trying to show me I'm listening I'm engaged I'm here I'm present I see you And that began a conversation that lasted several minutes where she would fly a few feet. I would follow her. She would let me get really, really close to her within just a few feet of her. And then she'd fly a few more feet. And I just kept following her. And at one point, she 
flew and sort of banked against the wall of the house. She kicked off of the wall of the house and landed in a tree. It was such a strange thing to see her do, to fly toward the house, bank off of it, and then onto the tree. So I went to where she had banked off the house, where she had sort of kicked the house. <laughs> and right there at the base of the house was a plastic ant trap. Um, we've had a lot of ants coming in the house this spring. And so we had put some ant deterrents on the outside of the house to prevent them coming in. So I took note of that and I acknowledged to her, I see the ant trap. I, I acknowledge the ant trap. What are you trying to tell me? And so then she flew to the next tree. I followed her there. She looked deeply into my eyes for a moment where I really felt my heart stirring. We were having a, a moment of connection. And then she looked down at a stone beneath her where she was sitting. So I went to the stone and it was beautiful, this beautiful glittering mica inclusive stone. And I turned it over and when I did, there was a colony of carpenter ants under that stone. And if you live in the forest, you know carpenter ants eat wood or dismantle wood um, and our house is made of wood. So having a colony of carpenter ants within 15 feet of the house is a really dangerous thing. And so in that moment, Blue Jay was communicating really precious information to me. We have been giving her fresh water every day, peanuts and cashews and, you know, sunflower seeds and all kinds of food to help with her child rearing, planting lots of native species so that she has insects to eat. Um, and so we've been caring for her and now she is caring for us, making sure that we know that there's a threat to our safety in the vicinity. So now we can take action to make sure the carpenter ants aren't coming into the house. And also the blue jays and ants have a really powerful relationship. Blue jays, cardinals, other birds do this practice called anting where they, they eat ants, um, which is, you know, part of their food source, which means I have to be really careful what kind of poison or deterrent that I use so it doesn't affect the birds. But also they rub ants all over their feathers in this process called anting. And the ants release formic acid, which is one of their defense strategies. And this acts as an insecticide or a pesticide in the feathers of the bird so that it can deter mice, not mice, I'm sorry, mites and lice and things like that. So, so ants and blue jays have this symbiotic relationship. Um, really, it's just beneficial to the blue jays from what I can see. <laughs> but um, so, so blue jays know about ants, where the ants are, what's going on with the ants. And she shared that knowledge with me to protect my family. So this is like one example of the kind of encounter we can have with the more than human world of sentient beings who we are living in relationship with. But there are all kinds of other encounters that are possible. We were visiting upstate Pennsylvania a few years ago 
um, and we were staying near to a waterfall and we went to the waterfall the one day and we were standing just sort of in the spray of the waterfall and my husband said I can feel the energy of this waterfall sort of just like detangling the knots of stress in my body like I can feel it like sort of reordering me so that I'm letting go of all of this stress like the the ozone the energy of this waterfall is it's really soothing like I can feel it soothing me so that's another example of the kind of relationship that is available to us when we open our heart space and and our shamanic way of knowing to these more than human beings that we share the world with or who share the world with us. I remember another particularly poignant message I received from trees. I was driving home from a yoga class and I was in this sort of altered state, another way of knowing. The class had been really powerful and impactful for me. And I suddenly became aware that the trees on either side of the road were awake and looking at me like in their tree way that they weren't inanimate objects just growing there but that they were presences they were present they were participating in my experience they they were standing there like beings who had their own mind and their own purpose um it's one thing to think that like oh yes the trees are awake and alive it's another thing to experience being in their presence and that came upon me kind of suddenly and unexpectedly during that drive home where I was fully aware of their presence just like being in the presence of another human I felt the presence of their awakeness their sentience so I invite you to be open to that kind of encounter this week, to communication from a bird or a reptile or a tree or a stone or a waterfall or the wind. You know, there have been so many times when um, I'm in a state of, you know, worry or um really deep discernment and I'm sort of lost in my head and suddenly a breeze will come along that makes the leaves whisper in just such a way that I feel so soothed and held and cared for that I can start to unwind a little bit and clarity is more available to me. Um, so what would it be like to live in a world where you are surrounded by a community of beings who care about your well-being, that they want your health and your wellness and your vibrance and your vitality, that know you belong to them, whether you remember or not, and that know that your health impacts theirs. And so when you're healthy and well and balanced and clear-seeing, their lives are better. They have not forgotten that wholeness. They have not forgotten that they belong to a web of being and that harmonizing the web is good for everyone. And so this week, as you move through your life and move through your day, 
set the intention to be aware of these interactions that are happening all the time beneath our level of consciousness that they come into consciousness that we become aware of the spiders who build their nest or their web by our front door by the light there both because it draws in insects for them and because it keeps those insects from entering our house so there's the symbiotic relationship there that instead of it just being oh look the spider found the light to build its web under the spider found the light and it's helping to keep insects out of this house so we have this symbiotic relationship we belong to each other when you come into your garden and you pull the weeds and turn the soil over and then sit back to have your tea and rest and then see how the catbirds and the robins come into that turned soil to eat the pill bugs and the worms and the ants and know that you've created a symbiotic relationship. The catbird and the robin were watching you work in the garden and they knew that as soon as you left, there would be food for them. They acknowledged your work as a benefit to them. So you get to acknowledge that too. Your relationship is real and um, you are bound to each other in a way that the birds see and recognize and want to reciprocate, even if we don't see and recognize the relationship. But when we can bring those relationships into presence and consciousness and add intentionality to it, the relationships can deepen in ways that are absolutely profound. If you're someone who journals, I would encourage you to write these experiences down as they happen or in the evening when you're winding down or you know, whenever you get a chance, if you're not someone who journals, maybe record them on your phone voice memos or make a Google Doc that you just talk to text into when these things happen. Because our minds really respond well to evidence. We are rational, linear thinkers in this culture. And having a compilation of stories that we can reference and access that remind us of these encounters can really help to turn around our day when we're feeling isolated, alone, despairing, to be able to look back and reread a story about how Blue Jay communicated carpenter ants to you or how you watched a hummingbird and the little bird bath that you put out for them and you knew that you were connected through this act of service to the land and that the, the hummingbird was you know, gifting you back this experience of watching them revel in the water that you set out for them. Um, or the time that the doe beds her fawn down in your yard for the day because she knows it's a safe place. Uh, having these little, little reminders, these glimmers, um, for me at least, really help me to remember what is real because the world we're living in right now um, devalues these experiences that actually give our lives a tremendous amount of meaning because they're not profitable. They're not built into the power structure. Um, they've not been commodified. And so they aren't relevant. And we tend to brush them aside, overlook them. Um, and then this whole huge part of us atrophies 
this part of us that remembers how to belong here in relationship to the other beings of this place. But when we, we focus on it, we put some intention behind it, we cultivate these relationships, then this part of us grows again, robust and, and centered in our lives. And it truly benefits us um, in ways that we only come to understand when we trust in developing these relationships. You know, we, we cultivate this part of us that has this other way of knowing this shamanic mind. And then we become present in our lives to these interactions that maybe we would have been blind to before. And then suddenly we realize there's a new plant growing in our yard that we've never seen before. And so we pull out our plant app. Um, I like picture this and we go to work figuring out what this plant is, what medicine it carries, where does it come from? And then we, re- we realize that the land is giving us a message. In just the same way, our body gives us messages through symptoms. Um, a rash is a message, a headache is a message, um, a change in our body odor is a message. The land, which our body is a piece of the land, the land gives us messages in the same kind of way. A flower popping up here, um, the rain isn't coming, um, you know, a new bird species is moving through. It's all communication. And when we believe that it is communication and we invest some of our energy and intentionality in learning the language, we become more fluent our lives become more meaningful, we're less lonely, and we're more empowered to make a difference in the lives of the beings who are sharing this space with us. And that harmonizes the web for all of us. Because any time one of us becomes more healthy and whole and vital, that impact ripples out to all the beings that we share this space with. If you're having a hard time connecting to these more than human kin in the place where you live, try to get out to a more wild space, a space that has a larger field of coherent intelligence. The spaces in our backyards, um, when we live in like the suburbs or the city, the intelligence of the space can become fragmented because there's so much dislocation. There's so much, um, um, so much boundaried space that there isn't like this larger field of intelligence that can cooperate and, and generate this kind of really powerful sentience. It's possible to cultivate that in your space. Like you can set out to create a field of sentient, intelligent ecosystem in your space by creating lots of pockets of diversity, water features, feeders, like all these different ways to draw in multiple species who begin to weave a field of intelligence that you can be a part of. But if that hasn't happened yet in the place where you live, try to get yourself to a a place like that, a state park, um, a wetland, um, an area that is, has a lot of diversity of species that are all communicating and looking out for each other and put yourself in that space 
with the intention to access that field. That you have come as a participant in this larger web of mutual aid and care and interdependence and that you are you are there to participate to tend the web and to receive information connection relationship with that web so maybe the way you do that is that um, as you walk through that area you notice a sapling being choked by honeysuckle and as a participant in the mutual aid of this place you unwrap the honeysuckle from the sapling um, and allow it to take a deep unstrangulated breath and so you have tended the web and now in reciprocity the web will tend you and the more we can move through the world like that tending the web of care the more we become recipients of tending by the web of care um, as I'm talking about this, uh, two red-shouldered hawks have come into the area and they're really screaming out their presence. I don't know if you can hear them. And the crows who nest here are warning the whole forest that there's a potential predator in the space because the web of care is working. The crows are sentinels. And, you know, blue jays are related to crows. They have this really powerful protector energy so anytime there's an aberrancy in the field, a potential threat, they go to work making sure that everyone in that web of care is aware of the threat, just like the Blue Jay did for us, making sure we knew about the ants. We have become recipients of this web of care because we tend it. We've developed these, these reciprocal relationships. I would love to hear your experiences this week if you do take my challenge and you um, move through the world with more of a uh, shamanic consciousness, tending the web and receiving tending from the web, um, feel free to drop me a message on Instagram or Facebook or an email, um, or you can use the contact form at my website, or come on over to Patreon and just join in the larger conversation. But I would love to hear the kinds of um, care that you receive from the natural world and the kinds of care you give as you join into the larger web. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find a link at plantwitchpodcast.com or you can go directly to Patreon at patreon.com slash the rebel herbalist. We welcome your financial support and we also welcome your participation in this vibrant community of humans who are working together to rejoin the web of life. The audio that you hear for the intro and outro of this podcast is the song Vikings by Alan Gray. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. 
You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me and it's time to come back to life. Thank you.